Hi, my name is Lindsay Adams, and you are listening to Mindful as a Mother. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship, and the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. Welcome back to Mindful as a Mother. This week we have Paige Bruce as our guest and she is, I'll just read her bio because she's so many things and she's so amazing. Hi, I'm Paige, a therapist by trade and a parent educator by passion. I have a master of science in clinical mental health counseling and I'm a certified trauma specialist. The focus of my work is with children and adolescents navigating anxiety and depression while processing traumatic experiences. Working with children and adolescents, I noticed a need in services for parents who are looking for support and guidance on their parenting journey. While I I still work my regular 9 to 5, I dedicated my passion to helping parents understand the why behind their kids' behaviors. I work one-on-one with parents to identify their parenting strengths and struggles, create a unique plan specific to their needs, and teach them real tools to start using ASAP. My absolute favorite part about what I do is that I can connect with and support parents on their parenting journey. Because bottom line, parenting is hard and you are incredible. You just need someone in your corner to remind you. And her bio really does not do her justice, guys. My favorite thing about her is that she is so real and so funny, and so I think you're really going to enjoy this episode because we talk about the real nitty-gritty of motherhood and mom culture. Enjoy. So welcome, (laughs) Paige. How are you? Hi, I am doing well. Thank you. So uh, tell everyone a little bit about you and what you do. Oh, gosh. Where do I start? (laughs) Um, So first, I am a parent to three beautiful children. Um, I'm a partner to an incredible spouse, a therapist, a parent educator, and I often share that I am passionately optimistic and incredibly persistent. I love that. You You wear a lot of hats. Yeah, I do. I do. What, um, how did you get into parenting education? Oh, so parenting education is something that I've been passionate about for a long time. I think, uh, like many of us, I had a childhood that was a little tough. Uh, I think a lot of people resonate with that. Right. Um, And from that, that kind of started my journey on parenting and what parenting could look like. At 14, my niece was born, my oldest niece, and I had the opportunity to help raise her with my sister Um, and other family members. And I noticed a lot of times I would default (laughs) to Mm -hmm. doing um, specific behaviors that I just, I knew that that was my instant reaction, but not, it didn't feel good what I was doing. Um, So I think for me, that was like the spark that really kind of woke me up that I didn't have to be this way. And so from that point on, I just really did what I call was chasing a passion. So I started reading tons of parenting books in my teens. I started picking up nannying jobs um, and I ended up just running with it (laughs) and finished with my bachelor's in marriage and family studies. 
Um, so it was just like a general focus. And then I was living in Arizona and I was a mom to my first kiddo. And I was trying to balance again, those mini rules of like working while parenting and trying to figure out my life. <laughs> That's the hardest one for me, working and parenting. Yes. And I just kind of noticed in the community I lived in in Mesa that there was not a lot of options for reliable, affordable, like safe childcare. Um, oh, and so for okay. me, I, I opened a, an in-home daycare based off my, map, my bachelor's degree mm-hmm. um, to kind of fill that need. And so then I just noticed and would send home information with parents every week on like what developmental milestones they should be seeing or are seeing or maybe kind of the background on some of their behaviors. Fast forward now, I'm a child therapist, right? Just yeah. keep chasing that passion. I work with kids and adolescents that, and I specialize in trauma. Um, and so for me, that's kind of where it all started and how it's moved. But really what I still see to this day is when you're working with the kiddos, um, there's, there's always working with the families, always working with the parents. And so I just started to kind of connect through uh, years of work now um, that healing the environment that the kids are in um, helps heal the kids. And so I just, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And parents are often, I mean, they bring their children to therapy, but sometimes they're the actual client. It feels like, and yes. they, they need more of the skills to parent this child than the child actually needs therapy. Yeah. I felt like so much of it was just kind of miscommunicating or misunderstanding where some of those behaviors were coming from. And when parents heal, they make space and they're able to give that space to their kids. Um, And so that's kind of where I just was really passionate about pursuing and helping parents start at the foundation of the family so they could be the parent they want to be. I love that. And I, I say what you just said again about space. I love it. You have to say it again. I will. I will. (laughs) When parents heal, they create space and they're able to give that space to their children. Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah. Like I, I, all it, all parents have the greatest intentions, I think, and they just need a little bit of support sometimes to be the parent they want to be. Yeah. And I get, I get some side eyes um, when I talk about like, I've never met a bad parent. And it's because every parent that I've worked with, regardless to what capacity I'm working with them, have always had great intentions and always wanted the best for their kids and maybe didn't know how to communicate that or what their kid needed. And so it's just trying to form that connection to help the parents understand themselves better to understand their kids better. Yes. Yes. I feel you. Definitely. I love that you have been in parenting education since you were a teenager. You have been you've been learning and sharing information since before you were even a mom. That's so amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think another probably stereotypical thing that is said is I've always wanted to be a mom, but it's because I had that like passion of parenting and wanting to be a parent and wanting to raise my children in like a healed environment that I didn't really get the chance to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about parenting as well as like it's an opportunity to heal the environment and raise my children differently than maybe I was brought up. So what would you say is your parenting philosophy? Oh man. (laughs) So 
I know when we hear parenting philosophy, you typically hear um, like mindful parenting, gentle parenting, conscious um, I, parenting, respectful <laughs> parenting. I think they're all the same thing. I don't actually know the difference. Exactly. So I call it um, a bad moment doesn't make you a bad parent. And when you know better, you do better. That's oh, my I, philosophy. I love that. And how do you implement that in your own life? Um, so in my life, I recognize that, oh my gosh, yes, I yell at my kids. Yes, I flip my lid. I have like said no a billion times or just laid like motionless on the couch and binge watch TV and scrolled on my phone. You know, we have ramen and mac and cheese because it's just easy or McDonald's. If you can't get down on some chicken nuggies from McDonald's, then like we cannot be friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think just recognizing like I am a parent and I'm on that healing journey myself to make that space for my kids. And I have to be as honest as possible on what that looks like. And I have moments um, that I'm not proud of or that I would have done differently if I could redo them. Um, But that doesn't make me a bad mom. Mm -hmm. It makes me human. Yeah. And something I talk about a lot on this podcast is how those mistakes and those moments are ways that we model to our children that they don't have to be perfect and how they can deal with, uh, I don't want to say failure, but like struggles or hard things or not being their best selves. Yes. I love that. That's something I talk about all the time where it's like to beat ourselves up for a moment where we maybe acted out of our best character, um, throws us into a parenting shame spiral that's really hard to climb out of. Mm-hmm. When in reality, the coming back to, you know, explain and apologize and reconnect is the most impactful moment in those exchanges. That's what makes the biggest difference. It's not that you yelled, it's what you did after you yelled. Right. And a lot of the time, I think, we think that those smaller things like yelling impact our kids more than they do. Like they impact us more than they actually impact our children. Yes. And that's the parenting kind of shame spiral of it's the mom guilt or parent guilt that I talk about so frequently. It's like, once we flip that switch and we are on it, right? I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have yelled. Now it's like everything I'm doing today is making my child worse. They're going to have to grow up and heal. You know what though is ironic is no matter what we do, because we're human, our children are going to grow up and have to heal from something. <laughs> yeah. They're going to need therapy. It's okay. <laughs> like, Just I can't be your it. therapist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about mom culture. So tell me um, your, th- maybe just your thoughts on mom culture to start and what the mom culture is like out there. Oh my gosh. Are, do you cuss on this podcast? You can. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I just think mom culture is such bullshit. It's so unrealistic perfectionism. Uh, and it's so different everywhere you go. I just recently moved from Arizona to Idaho and I was in Phoenix, which is huge. Tons of variety of people and parenting to a very small town in Idaho. So we could be closer to our family. Right. And the culture is 
nuts different. Like I sent fruit snacks to school with my kids and then my kiddo came home to tell me that the teacher lectured her on how sugar is going to make her sick. I was like, what's the difference between her fruit snacks and Susie's fruit leather, organic fruit leather, dehydrated at home. I was like, grams of sugar are exactly the same. Oh, geez. Yeah. So I'm in Utah and Utah mom culture is legit. Like there is a lot of perfectionism, a lot of, and, and I don't know exactly why that is, but I think perfectionism is a thing in Utah anyway. So being a parent can be really hard here because it's always feeling like you have to be on your game and perfect and doing all the things when it is not possible for any human to do all the things. Exactly. And I, have this, I just made (laughs) my kiddos went to school and I was just having a really hard week that week. So instead of a traditional dinners we'd have or crock pot, whatever, right? Whatever makes me feel like a good mom that I made. I just didn't do it. I was like, sometimes we just ate straight raw hot dogs for dinner because that's Mm -hmm. what made my kids the happiest. Um, But then I was, I was feeling so guilty. I was feeling guilty about it because I was getting comments and hearing things or watching people's highlight reels. Yeah. Um, So I was like, I'm going to make today, I'm going to make this really intricate meal. Right. So the school had sent home ingredients to make this organic white bean and squash soup and this homemade French bread. I know. I don't know what kind of school you go to. I'm telling you, it's rough. It's rough out here in these waters. Like I'm in sweats with my hair in a bun. Now I spent, you know, I'm working right now telehealth. So I spent my in-between session hours instead of doing notes or whatever I would do. I was like kneading bread and um, blending beans and like start to finish. I was so proud. I was like, this meal is so nutritious and organic and local. All the buzzwords right now, right? So my kids get home. Everyone has their like bread and butter and soup and not a single one of my children ate that meal. Oh yeah. No. Every time I make a decent (laughs) meal, no one eats it. I, I swear they had grapes and decided they were going to go to bed. And I just was in total awe, just reflecting that. I mean, it's just so ironic that I felt so guilty. I had to make this big intricate meal and this pot of soup. And then I was the only person eating it. Did your husband eat it? No. Oh, <laughs> even, <laughs> even he was like, this is too much. I'm done. This is Give me too the much grapes. love in this soup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so how do you deal with like the comparisons, the stigma and the expectations about motherhood, like that come with kind of mom culture? Uh, well, first I would say that I'm human, just like my white bean and squash soup. I fall victim to it like every mom and every parent because we have the best intentions. We want to love our children so hard. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? And so I try and remember, you know, comparisons do not serve us um, and notice it and let it go. Um, And, you know, and when I made this soup and I was thinking about it, like, okay, here I am eating my own guilt soup, right? And I had eat my feelings in this homemade French bread and butter. Well, 
Yeah, the French bread is the only part that sounds good about that. I'm right, sorry. Like, <laughs> the butter too. Like that's that's the only part that really sounds delicious. That's probably how my kids felt. And they didn't look great. So I was like, well, <laughs> it is what it is. But when I, I sat down and, and thought about it, like what is important to me as a parent is that I provide a safe and loving home and be a, a present patient mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just remembering what's important to me and that, you know, social media is a highlight reel. You're only going to see what people want you to see and what they've created. And it's like, we're constantly consuming this idea of perfectionism that's unrealistic. And it feels so much better to just be human. Yeah. And to just like, accept that that maybe I'm not the mom that feeds my kid all organic food. And if you are kudos to you, but that's just not me as a mom. And that's yes. okay. Yes. Like I will read you books all day. I'll do arts and crafts, but like roughhouse play is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Pretend play is very hard. Like I'm not that mom. I'll take you to the museum. Like I'll help you paint, but I don't want to be your Barbie. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I hear a lot of moms really uh, beat themselves up for not being that mom that like, that doesn't like playing Legos as an example. And it's like, well, then don't play Legos, play something else, play something that you enjoy playing. Don't torture yourself with the Legos when that's not your thing, you know? Yes. And I know you've mentioned before, like motherhood is so much more enjoyable when you can accept Mm -hmm. the type of mother you are. Yeah. And so it's like, that's what it boils down to for me. Like I, I have these great ambitions and these expectations in these places, but that's not important to me or the important things that I want to give my children or I want them to remember. Yeah. And like, I think of the times that have brought me the most joy in motherhood and they're like the simplest moments. I know that sounds corny, but it's like when we're all like <laughs> so much corn, like, <laughs> my kids have been doing this thing lately. Me and my husband taught them to like put their hands in and we say like team Adams break. And like, so they'll do it at dinner all the time now. And so like, to me, like that brings me more joy than like any home to cook meal I could make them or, you know, any big vacation I could take them on or anything like that. It, it just like to see them having fun together, playing together and all of us bonding as a family. And those are to me, those reminders of why, like, I don't have to be like every other mom out there. Yes. And that there's something uniquely designed about you for your children. Mm-hmm. I, I know that that ties into a lot of people's faith, right? God has given me these children. I meant to be their mother. I think it also ties in, you know, genetically, they are part of you. These children are part of you. Yeah. And so in a very biological way, you're specifically designed for these children. Mm-hmm. I run into that a lot with the parents I work with too, where I ask, so when I do a program with the parent, something I do is I have them um, create affirmations for like a vision of the parent they want to be or identify their strengths. And often I can see so many things that they offer their children mm-hmm. and how they just serve their family. And moms don't, they don't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being able to to kind of pull that out of them and bring it into their awareness that you, know, you are serving these children in a unique way 
that is creating a positive impact on their life. Right. That's what you're doing. And if they could just see that uniqueness and embrace it, they would probably find so much more joy in the parenting piece. Yeah. Yeah. They make the space. They make Mm -hmm. the space for it. So what is your biggest tip for a mom who's trying to fight like the culture of perfectionism? Um, get off social media. Just kidding. I'm addicted. (laughs) Me too. But (laughs) know that social media is a highlight reel and the affirmation that I love and I repeat and I share is that comparisons do not serve us. Mm -hmm. I notice when I compare myself to others and I let it go. So just like the soup, like don't make the freaking soup. Just don't make it because what is important to you as a mother, like what is important to you as a mother? Are you doing that? Then check, check mark, done. Mm -hmm. You're doing it. You're killing it. You're slaying the mom game. Mm I love that. Yeah. Like just letting go of the comparison, staying off social media when you can, or recognizing that people are only posting their best moments, right. On social media. And I guess, I think a big part of that too, is just having that sounding board for someone to say like, "Mm, that's not really like how momming is like most people are drowning just like you. Right. Like, and so that's why your role is so important is because you're there as a support for moms to say like, oh, those comparisons don't serve you. Yes. And, and, uh, guess what? Yeah. My kid totally had a meltdown today because I peeled the orange the wrong way. Right. My teen refuses to talk to me because I turned off their internet at 10 PM. Like these are real and they're so common. So common. Yeah. Oh, the orange man. I didn't know there was a wrong way to peel an orange until I had kids. I I don't do anything right anymore. <laughs> I know you give them the wrong color of cup and it's over. <laughs> I I watched your stories the other day and something really stood out to me that I loved. And it was it was just you being so honest and genuine like I don't have my life together. <laughs> Oh, this was the I am a shit show. Yeah, I yes. am. 100%. I was like, thank you. I Nothing makes my heart warmer than to get onto social media and to be able to express that myself or find people that I relate with where I'm like, look, look, guys, no, I feel ashamed that my life has come across perfect because it is far from that. Like, let me just tell you, this yeah. is what life looks like. Mm-hmm piles of laundry everywhere. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know what day it is half the time. I lose my keys all the time. I am five minutes late for kindergarten pickup and I'm in my sweatpants that it's just, and, and I think yes. I've just learned to embrace that. Like, this is me and I'm never going to be that mom. That's like ready to go for school. It's just not ever, ever going to be. Me. I was like perpetually at least 15 minutes late. I haven't showered in three days, but I mean, Yep. <laughs> dry shampoo, man, dry shampoo. And I, how do you balance b- having a career and growing your business and being a mom? I feel like that's something that's, that's super tricky and, and wanting to, and I know I struggle with that, like wanting to mm-hmm. grow this podcast and grow my, you know, my private practice, but also wanting to be present as a mom. Yeah. Um, first, congratulations on your private practice. Oh, thank you. Um, I, yeah, 
I think that this is one of the most difficult balancing acts because I would love for things to look the same every day and they just don't. They oh, don't. I, yeah, especially with COVID. Yes, that is on top of everything else. Um, but like every day, my kid calls out sick. I have to move around my clients. I have to change everything I'm doing for the business. Like I'm wearing a lot of hats. And so for me, the thing that's most important to me and something that's so life-giving to me is being able to spend that quality time with my family. Um, whether that's like watching movies or I'm like sipping coffee on the couch under a blanket while they destroy the playroom. Um, I did that so, this morning. I'm recovering from the stomach flu. There was no coffee because that would have killed the stomach. But I literally <laughs> laid on the couch and was like, we are going to watch Mickey and the Roadster Racers this morning, guys. It's a good yeah. <laughs> Like that's it. Binge hours of television. Uh, so I have very strict boundaries when it comes to spending quality time with my kids. And then everything else is a, is a little bit of a blurry shit show and gets done as it gets done. But that part of my life is something that, you know, I feel is so sacred. How do you determine like how much time to spend with them? Do you do that? So I'm big for like the 15 minutes of one-on-one time per day. That's child led. If you can, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not great about like playing on the floor with my kids though. So I have a harder time with that. Um, but I will get on the floor. I've been trying to more lately. My husband's like the get on the floor parent. I'm like, the, yes. I'll sit on the couch <laughs> next to you. parent. <laughs> yes. I was going to say that exact same thing. I don't know what it is, but my imagination shut off when I turned 18 or something because like getting on the floor and imaginary play or roughhousing is just not my jam. Um, so I also love to do the 15 minutes of child-led time. I don't do it with every kid every day, um, but I try to like have specific time with each kid or Fridays are a big day in our family because I make sure that I don't do any work when they're awake on a Friday. Cool. I love that. Um, how many kids do you have and tell me their ages? Yeah, I have three kids, uh, six, four, and two. Oh yeah. That you're like right with me on that, on the, I have the five-year-old and then the twins that are almost three. So yeah, it's rough. (laughs) The best comments are the, oh, your hands are full as we walk down the road. And I'm like chasing one out of the street, wearing only a pull-up like, yep, I sure do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're very full or or you must be so busy. Yeah. Fails. I want to hear a recent mom fail that you have. Uh, can we call pull-ups just like a mom fail in general? And I'll tell you why. Yeah. Pull-ups are not a thing. Why do they exist? It's a diaper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I've, I've never, never been on the pull-up train until recently. Right. So my four-year-old isn't um, sleep trained through the night yet with potty training. And so I just, instead of waking her up or all the traditional methods, I was like, all right, look, we'll, we'll try the pull-up thing. Like, instead of buying a ton of diapers, I already have some pull-ups. My four-year-old took that as like a, she's allowed to pee whenever and wherever she finds appropriate. Oh, no. <laughs> so, um, I was in a work day. I do telehealth at the moment because COVID land. And I had like a 45 minute break between sessions 
I was like, let's go for a walk. Cause my kids have been asking me to go for a walk and it was finally warm enough. And so I have this hiking pack and my four-year-old detests physical activity. So like, she's the kid that will walk two steps and then just say that she's ready to go home now. <laughs> so okay. I, I, I feel her in my soul. That's how I feel when so I work funny. out. <laughs> The other two just go, go. I can't keep up with them. But she's like, can we go to the playground now? Like, I'm ready to swing and you push me. So I had her in my hiking pack and we're like half a mile from the house. And she's like, mom, I really have to go potty. And I was like, okay, we'll turn around right now. I have to go home anyways to prepare for this session. Like, don't, don't pee, like hold it and we'll get there. And she's like, that's okay. I'll just pee in my diaper. And I was like, no, no, no don't do that because during the day she wears underwear. I was like, you don't have a diaper on. Don't, don't do that. Oh no. And she's like, mom, it's too late. And then I just feel like this rush because it's just an open pack all the way starting at the base of my neck down my spine. And it was just like, there was like puddles starting at my feet of just my child's urine and it like soaked my clothes. So naturally I just was like, Ah, I don't need how to do that. I was like, okay, we gotta go. And so I'm like trying to run back to the house and she hates having urine on her clothing. So she's like kind of wobbling back and forth, like pulling her pants off her butt, like, mom, I can't walk. I'm like, look, I can't help you because I'm covered in urine myself. And it's not even my urine. That's it a whole nother yours. mom issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, the pee all over yes. you. That is. Yeah. Have you seen Dumb and Dumber? Because I immediately thought of Dumb and Dumber when you told that story. No, I haven't seen that part of it. I've only seen pieces. Oh, okay. So they're on a motorcycle and they're freezing and he says he has to pee. So he just pees on him because they're like riding on the motorcycle together. (laughs) And that is exactly, that is exactly what happened to you. Exactly. And I got home and I was like, okay, I'll take a quick shower. And I couldn't even, so like my whole next hour and a half session, I had to sit and like maintain my own kind of face and voice like soaked in urine because there just wasn't enough time to shower. No, that sounds like my own personal hell. (laughs) It was so bad. Yeah, it's endless. There's vomit, there's urine. Yeah, we just got over the vomit one. Mine is we were... Uh, my son had the stomach flu. And so he was sleeping in between my husband and I, and we, you know, he'd wake up to throw up. And so one of us would kind of like hold him up. The other would like hold the bowl under him. Mm-hmm. We were rinsing it out in between. We were kind of just taking turns. I don't know what happened. One of us like dozed off on the job. It was probably me. I am the worst in the middle of the night. <laughs> so the next time he woke up to throw up, I grabbed the bowl real quick and it like splashed all over my face. Ah! <laughs> And I could smell it. And I was like, I'm, I was like, Tim, it's all over me. And he's like, just hold the bowl, just hold the bowl. And so, um, I had to wait till he was done throwing up. And then I went and I, I did get in the shower at like midnight because I could not. You're going to sleep with vomit all over you. Oh, all over my, it was like, I think it may have gone in my mouth. I don't even know, but that, and I was like, this is a parenting low. So tell everyone what kind of services you offer. Yeah. um, So I offer two specific packages right now. I do one-on-one coaching sessions um, for parents that just want maybe like a 60 minute intensive 
to talk about their strengths and struggles, specific behaviors they're seeing, and then to learn real-time tools to start using ASAP. Okay. Um, and then I also do a 30-day program where we meet once a week for 30 days. And you get everything included in that first package, but this one is really unique. And I've seen so many um, positive results with my clients because every week we get to touch base um, on where your mindset is at. Like, what was your win this week? And what are you still struggling with? It really tailors their mindset um, on their strengths and their contributions towards the parent they want to become um, and really believing it and feeding into it. But then it also uniquely tailors all of the tools that they have specifically for their kids. Because I could tell you to do child-led 15-minute one-on-one every day um, with your kiddo. But each kid is so different that sometimes Mm -hmm. we need that follow-up and that tailoring. So both of those programs um, are what I'm offering right now. Oh, that's so awesome. Okay. And tell everyone where they can find you. Like your Instagram is great. What I love watching your reels and your stories and stuff. So um, tell everybody what your Instagram handle is. Yeah. My Instagram handle is at parenting with page. Um, and you can also find me on Facebook and I do have a blog. Um, that's uh, parentingwithpage.wordpress.com. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on and we'll have to have you on again and find a, maybe a different topic. We'll do affirmations or something to talk about. Yes. Thank you. I really appreciate being here and I love your mission and what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. I'm having so much fun with it. Thank you all for listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please, please, please subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps the podcast get seen and grow. Until next week, don't forget to be peace, be love, be mindful as a mother. If you want more of Mindful as a Mother, you can find me on Instagram at Lynn's underscore Adams LCSW. Once again, at Lynn's L-I-N-D-S underscore Adams LCSW.